Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I've got some messages to read and a phone call or two to talk to Chad. Here we go. Let's start it off here, Chad. What's going on? Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday, Pete. I'm glad to join you today. Uh, I think this is an incredibly important topic and society. I think the society, wokeness of the society is pushing this on these kids and it's unfortunate, but I got to refute the caller from last hour that blamed chicken meat uh, for the hormone problem because that is an absolute falsity that uh, chickens or poultry of any kind is fed any kind of hormones. In fact, there's a USDA Department of Agriculture regulations against it. So that was really what I wanted to oh. uh, tell you. And I'm in the poultry business, been in the poultry business my whole life, so I know exactly what these animals are fed, mm-hmm. not hormones. <laughs> so I could. Uh, there's um, what we always look for, because our in-laws were in the, uh, their farmers, they were in the pork business uh for a while too and they um they told us to look for humane certified as the seal uh because like a lot of people will look for like particularly eggs they'll look for cage free or something but like people get around that certain ways uh and what's the other one the i I guess the you know no hormones or no antibiotics and that sort of thing too well right and and there no poultry is is fed hormones in in the whole U.S. So that's a regulation that you can't eat. There's some that are antibiotic, um, never fed antibiotics, and then they're all meat is technically antibiotic free because there can't be any residual when when an animal goes to market, even though they maybe had antibiotics yeah. in the past. They won't have any of the residual left in their system when they go to market. So that there's a lot of things that go on with the whole wokeness in the meat business too that's uh but yeah our poultry system is safe and, and it's not causing this problem i believe you're right on the money with some of these societal concerns and i think parents thinking oh well it's cool to have a trans kid there's some kid of that kid. yeah look i i i uh i brought a um there was a piece of research from uh many years ago actually that looked at the parents of transgender kids and they found that the ones um who uh, had trans kids versus the control group that there were higher rates and it was like a 40 something percent uh, to, you know, a margin or whatever of, of the mothers who had some sort of neuroses going on versus the kids or the parents, the mothers of uh, kids that were not transing. Um, I don't know what to, and I don't say these things in order to disparage or uh, to put down or accuse. I'm just, this is, you know, I know there are a lot of parents out there that are terrified that that their kids are going to come to them and say this sort of stuff, and there's and there's going to be this wedge driven between the parent and the child for the rest of their lives, and the kids are going to be put on a path for you know a, a lifetime of misery. And they want to support their kids, they love their kids, but they're getting all of this information from just one side, just an activist narrative, and I don't think that's right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I go back to when I was a kid. I mean, I knew girls that were tomboys and, and boys that 
you know, were effeminate. Dogs. Yeah. But they all grew up to be normal people. In fact, my wife is self-proclaimed tomboy. She's now a very beautiful woman and has no problem, no issue understanding being a woman. And 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 I would hate the thought that someone would have intervened at a young age and said, "Oh, well, then you should be a boy." Yeah. It's, it's a crazy world we live in today. <laughs> that is true. Chad, I appreciate the call, buddy. Have a great weekend. Thank you. All right. So, yeah. So if you want all of the estrogen in your food, uh, get the Impossible Whopper. I think that's the key here. It's all the soy. It's all the soy. Uh, <laughs> I think that, yeah, no, it's a lot of soy. I read that. It's like, it's like a million percent of your annual recommended soy intake for uh, men. Dudes, we should not be eating the soy. But it is fun to say soy, 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 soy. Um, Ikifu on Twitter says, wanting to find happiness, meaning outside of yourself. Yeah. Gary says, Pete, why are Mecklenburg Democrats so silent on the federal investigating, on the Fed investigating CMS schools for not taking sex assaults seriously? Well, because it's their own. <laughs> Uh, it's their own. And you know, we're like, yeah, you don't ever really want to, you know, call attention too much, you know, when you're in charge of this stuff. Melissa, welcome to the program. Hello, Melissa. Hey, how hey. are you doing? Today? Good. I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. It's Friday. <laughs> you're what? It's Friday. Oh, it is Friday. That is true. That is half the battle. Yeah. Yes. I picked up some pastries. I'm going home. We're good. Good. Um, so I was calling um, because this is an interesting topic about, like, and I missed a lot of it. Um, but when you just talked about, like, the percentage of the mothers um, who are with the trans children, yeah. it's more closer to about, like, 50% of these moms have a diagnosis of borderline personality disorder, which, you know, it has those narcissistic tendencies. So... You know, we need to look at that um, in regards to this, and we definitely need to look at the research that's coming out from all these other countries basically saying, stop it. Right. Um, And I'm a clinical mental health counselor. Like, I don't ever want to take on any of this population because I have a fear that if I were to try to treat the child for gender dysphoria, I could ultimately lose my license. Right, sure. No, I spent, so last hour I read through uh, the highlights of a piece at Tablet Magazine talking about what uh, the, this uh, ten, oh, 10 years she's been doing it, this doctor from Finland. And it talked about, uh, she, you know, it, she was talking about how uh, these, these studies, this path, this Dutch protocol, uh, that they, they cannot replicate these, uh, some of these studies and that they're very low certainty and that this affirmation is actually causing more harm and the Dutch protocol says that you're not even supposed to be treating these people like we are in America unless they actually check these boxes of, you know, having some sort of a mental uh, uh, or, or having, you know, having this dysphoric feeling as a as a young child, ha- having it grow and being more pronounced in adolescence and then, um, you know, having uh, uh, parents that are on board with it. Right. There are all these steps along the way. But even that was based on faulty, uncertain, uh, very low certainty surveys, too. And so that's why Finland and Sweden and the U.K. are all now reversing course on the on the minors, on on children, because it's not 
clear that you're doing more harm than good by affirming, even with the pronoun changes and the name changes. Yeah, and we're just we're just continuing to confuse our children. And then children in the U.S. are being taken from parents. Like, there was a case not long ago in California, and the child who was taken from the mom um, ended up dying by suicide because they were treating her for, as a transgender mm-hmm. when it was just major depressive disorder. Right. So, and then sometimes with, like, the moms that have, like, borderline personality disorder... Courts are awarding to give children and taking them away from their fathers who are like, no, right. I don't agree to any of this. So we are, like, destroying not just our children, but we're destroying families in the meantime doing this. Right. Um, yeah. And, and ultimately what is even worse than that is that if you do, you know, start doing this transgender, start lopping off body parts and things like that, these kids ultimately will commit suicide. They never, ever will understand what it feels like to have that intimacy because it's just gone. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's hard. Sad. Yeah, it's sad. It is. Uh, Melissa, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Have a great weekend. A um, couple of messages here. This is from DK who says, Pete, the same people who tell us that we must not question directives coming from the medical community also tell us that those medical practitioners are racist based on health outcomes. <laughs> Let that sink in. So they already established unethical medical personnel. We must not question when it comes to their insistence during the pandemic on vaccine efficacy and safety, natural immunity being no good, and now favoring child sex surgery. Um. This is uh, from Jay. All this trans stuff has been made fashionable by six-tenths of 1% of the population. Uh, I love the Friday hangover, by the way. When you are done with Brett, I know it's time to go feed my dog. Okay, well, there you go. You could set your clocks by us. That's what we like to say. Pete, I never thought I would miss the days that the emotionally, emotionally needy adults used large, ugly purses and yappy rat dogs to get attention. Those were the social status symbols at the time. While they were annoying, they were not dangerous. To dismiss social contagion as a source of the current trans movement in children, you have to be Joy Behar level stupid. All right, now that's that is. Pete, I know you are reluctant reluctant to look at URLs or links, but this is a picture of a mimeograph machine and an explanation of how it works. I made hundreds of those while working as an audiovisual AD in school. Um, I know what a mimeograph looks like, Bob. I told y'all it's the, it's the machine that you strap the mime to, to measure their annoyance level. I'm very well acquainted with this device. All right. So I started the hour by uh, making a comment about Elon Musk and how I was hoping that Mark Zuckerberg would uh, beat him up. And I'm look, I'm not actually a violent person. I don't uh, believe in violence as a way to, I mean, I believe it does exist. Don't get me wrong. Um, it does happen. And sometimes uh, like people, people say, violence never solves anything. That's not true. It does solve some things. But um, generally speaking, I, uh, I denounce it. I renounce it. I object to it in violent terms. Um, however, I do recognize that some people really do enjoy the violence. Like they fight each other for sport and, uh, and for pay sometimes. And so, Mark Zuckerberg, founder of Facebook, and Elon Musk, founder of Tesla, they apparently were in a uh, 
a verbal sparring match on the social media. And they were, they were like, oh, we, we should fight. Like, they're going to physically fight. They were, like, Zuckerberg and Musk were going to, like, meet up and do some sort of, like, ultimate fighting championship, like, UFC fight. I think they were billing it as, like, the Battle of the Tech Bros or something. Or Nerd Fight 23. I don't know. Zuckerberg, though, then went on to claim that Elon Musk wasn't serious about going head-to-head in a live-streamed cage fight. And so he said it's time to move on. So the Facebook founder, over on his new platform called Threads, which is a... um, it's a it's a mimicry of uh, of Twitter. It's his version, but it's connected to Facebook and Instagram. So, by the way, if you get banned on Threads, you're going to get banned on Instagram and Facebook. It like takes down all your profiles. So, um, oh, and they are also doing all of the content moderation over there. Oh, and by the way, the new CEO of Twitter that Elon brought in, she's now re-implementing all of the content moderation. Oh, and just found out. Moments ago, the block feature is going away on Twitter. So you will no longer be able to block people. You'll be able to mute them so you don't see them, but they'll still be able to see you. I'm not really sure how then you deal with the abusive people. Because, like, I'll just turn my account private. I've got like 9,000 followers. I I will just, I'll turn it private and no one one will be able to see anything I do or say except people that are are following me and I'll have to approve every single one of them. It's, It's just a terrible idea. The block feature on every social media platform is valuable. People who don't understand how to use block are the ones that complain about abuse. Just block people. Just block them. Your mental health requires you to do so. You do not need to listen to, I mean, if somebody was following you around all the time, right, yelling obscenities at you, telling you you're terrible and just mocking you all the time, I mean, wouldn't you want to be able to not hear that? Wouldn't you want to be able to block that person? Wouldn't that probably drive you to do something bad against that person? Dare I say violence, right? So just block them. But now Elon just tweeted out that the block feature is going away. Terrible idea. Abs- so I may be off Twitter. I don't know. We'll see. And I paid him, too. I paid that billionaire. I gave him my $8 a month, and now you're going to take away the block feature? I'm out. I'm going to have to go on to South. To find- I may just go over. Like, I've been I've been toying with um, the idea, and I've already set up the account over at Locals. And I already have my page set up over there, and I used to post over there a little bit when it first started up. I may just go ahead and make the whole move and just, you know what, just be done with it. I'm going to focus on one, Locals. You want to hang out with me? You want to chat? It's all going to be at Locals. Maybe that's where I go from here because this is just, it's, it's like the drama is unnecessary. The problem is I use Twitter so much for show prep because I use it like a feed. I use it like a, like a news feed. And so maybe that's what I do. I just strip it all down and just turn it into a private feed, and it's just like an AP wire kind of thing. Anyway, uh, that's why I said Zuckerberg. I would really like him to go whip up on uh, Elon just because I'm mad at him. Um, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. So Zuckerberg, he was like, hey, uh, why don't we fight? And Elon's like, yeah, totally. And then he's like, oh, but I just remembered I got to wash my hair that night. And then he's like, oh, well, you don't really want to fight. 
Why don't you get back to me? He said, I think we can all agree Elon isn't serious. It's time to move on. I offered a real date. Elon won't confirm. Then he says he needs surgery. Now he asks to do a practice round in my backyard instead. If he ever gets serious, uh, he knows how to reach me. Otherwise, it's time to move on. I'm going to focus on competing with people who take the sport seriously. See, because he's been working on, what is it? I don't remember. He's, he's been training up on something. He's like, uh, mm, jujitsu. Yeah, he's been training up on jujitsu. Elon Musk says he's been lifting weights. I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think that that's going to position him for victory on this. But he said he has trained with some MMA guys too, John Danaher, Danae Danaher, and Lex Friedman. Um, but Elon then came out and said um, that Zuckerberg is lying. Zuckerberg says in a direct message, in a text message to Elon, if you still want to do a real MMA fight, then you should train on your own and let me know when you're ready to compete. I don't want to keep hyping something that'll never happen, so you should either decide you're going to do this and do it soon, or we should just move on. And Elon replied, I will be in Palo Alto on Monday. Let's fight in your octagon. I have not been practicing much apart from a brief bout with Lex Friedman today. While I think it is very unlikely, given our size difference, perhaps you are a modern-day Bruce Lee, and will win somehow. <laughs> that was his message, too. And then, then when Zuckerberg goes on to, uh, he posts online, he says he's not serious, um, and then Elon posts the screenshot, he then follows up and says, Zuckerberg can eat at Chick-fil-A, or he cannot eat at Chick-fil-A because that would be cannibalism. All right, so maybe the fight happens. I don't know. All right. All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organized the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings education and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? I will try to follow everybody back, by the way, on Twitter before the blocks come down or the b- before the block feature is eliminated. <laughs> and if it is eliminated and I start seeing the uh, uh, all the dumbasses that I have blocked over the years, because I've been on Twitter since 2009, I have blocked quite, quite a few dumbasses. And so um, if, if I have to go and go private, I will do it. So I try to follow everybody back. Um, I don't know how that, ha- I don't know how that works though. Like if everybody I'm that already follows me, if I take my account private, do I then lose all of them? I don't know, but I, I will do that because I'm I'm not interested in in. I mean, because some of these people, I mean, a lot of them are just you know, uh, spammers and stuff. So I'll just go private, 
or just get off Twitter altogether. And I know Jonathan says here, you can't leave, Pete. This is the only way I communicate with you. <laughs> I only joined just to send you messages. So if I take the account private, then I would still be able to get those. So um, so follow me on Twitter. And this way, if uh, they do go ahead with this uh, latest stupid idea, uh, then yeah, you'll be able to still see me and I can still see you. Um, let's see here. Oh, yeah. Speaking of bad ideas, former President Donald Trump is canceling a press conference that he had scheduled for Monday during which he would show significant evidence. So he said that vote fraud occurred in Georgia during the 2020 presidential election. Now, you can think that the uh, having the press conference was a bad idea or canceling it is a bad idea. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know which one was the bad idea. Let's call it a tie. <laughs> Let's call it a tie. Uh, by the way, I don't believe that the uh, the thing that that convinced Trump to not hold the press conference was advice from lawyers, because I'm pretty sure that his lawyers would also tell him, hey, not a good idea to be trash talking the prosecutors and the judges in all of these cases. But what do I know? Anyway, after being indicted at the start of the week on 13 felony counts in Fulton County, Georgia, related to his alleged efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election, Trump said on social media that he was going to be releasing a detailed but irrefutable report on alleged election fraud, which took place in Georgia. So I guess we are not releasing the Kraken as promised again. It's not going to happen. Okay. Based on the results of this conclusive report, he said, all charges should be dropped against me and others. There will be a complete exoneration, he said. Um, and that uh, the prosecutor should go after those who allegedly rigged the election. However, Trump's lawyers told him, pled with him not to hold the event because it could be used against him in this case. One of his former White House lawyers warned it could lead to an obstruction charge because it could be seen as trying to taint the jury pool. Yeah, I could totally see that, too. I don't know any lawyer that would allow their client to go out and do something like this. But according to the latest update is that Trump says, well, we're going to put it into the um, uh, the filings, right? When we, when we make our legal response in the court filings, we'll just put all of this into that. Like, okay, then what, the lawyer does a press conference or something? Is that how that's supposed to go? I'm not really sure. Also, Donald Trump apparently not going to participate in the debate next week among the Republican candidates. Oh, but you know who is going to be on the stage? That guy? Uh, what's his name? You know him. He's running for president. What's his name? Republican guy? Yeah, that guy. I mean, he's at like 0.01%. That guy. Suarez. The mayor of Miami. That guy. <laughs> yeah. He's not even qualified to be in the debate, but he said he's going to be in the debate. So apparently, like, the rules that Ronna McDaniel set up for the debate, which was like, uh, well, you had to have a certain number of donors. That was one of the deals. I think it was 40,000 donors, right? So you had to have 40,000 donors, and you had to poll above, I think it was, it was like 1% or 5%, something like that. I think it was 1%. You had to poll above 1% in three major polls. This guy has Suarez, that guy, he has not polled above 1% in three major polls. 
He polled above 1% in one poll that was commissioned by Vivek Ramaswamy. That's it. So people generally are looking at that poll like, yeah, that's not really a legit poll. But that's the only poll that this guy Suarez got 1% in. That's it. I don't I don't know if he hit the 40,000 mark either, but the other guy, what's his name? Burgum? Yeah, that other guy? Who's running for president? You heard, yeah. Burgum? He's the guy. He's like a millionaire, billionaire, whatever he is. He paid donors. Yeah, get this. If you made a $1 donation to his campaign, he sent you a $25 gift card. He bought his votes. He bought access to the stage. Because if you needed 40,000 donors, and he says he got it, so he got 40,000 people to give him a dollar, and then he sent them $25. And now he has that box checked. So you got the obvious either flouting of the rules or uh, you know uh, exploitation of the rules for these nobody candidates, and the front runner is not going to be part of the debate. The RNC is a joke. Good God. You guys are <laughs> just a joke. Um, oh, uh, and also I saw from Matt Schlapp, he was like, everybody else needs to just drop out of the party. Or sorry, out of the race. Well, maybe the party. But no, drop out of the race. All the candidates need to drop out of the race so everybody can unite behind Donald Trump. So this way he can um, use the fundraising money to fight his uh, legal fights. Which he's doing, by the way. Did you know that? He's... The fund, the money he's, the funds he is raising, um, is being used to pay for a lot of his legal bills, and you could say that's fine, whatever. Like you donate to any candidate, that's your call. But he's using it to pay legal bills for himself, and it's like twenty, it's it's in the tens of millions of dollars range or whatever. Um, but I've never heard the argument that we need to. Every, that we need to have everybody drop out so this way all of the fundraising can go to his legal fight, just his. Because as far as I know, like Rudy Giuliani's complaining that Trump's not helping him. Jenna Ellis is he's not sending any help her way or whatever. So I, I don't know if he's helping other people with their legal bills. But I do wonder, wasn't he a billionaire? Wasn't he self-funding? This was like everybody said this about him. He had all of this money. He didn't need any of the public money. He didn't need all of this stuff. Because he could do it all himself. Gosh, what a clown show. The whole the whole Republican primary is just a clown show. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. 704-570-1110 1-800-WBT-1110 Although, not enough time to be fair to another caller, so I probably will not be... I mean, Bernie will answer the phone. I probably will not put you on. But I will say this. This is one of my 
One of my fears, I know it's completely irrational and it's not something that is debilitating, but it is one of my fears. It's, uh, well, th- this story here, it uh, not only does it speak to your, your fears, but it also gives new meaning to the term snake the toilet. So it's like a scene from a horror movie. Michelle Lespron. She returned to her Arizona home in Tucson to find a snake had set up camp in her toilet. It was a little campfire, a little tent. It's very odd, but, but oddly adorable. Um, she says, I had been gone for four days and was looking forward to using my own restroom in peace. I lit, Well, that is the truth, right? You're gone for four days. You're like, oh, I just like to get home, my home, you know, my bathroom, right? So she lifts up the lid, and the snake is there curled up. I'm guessing it's on the seat, right? Which, because could you imagine if she were a dude and lifted it up, both the seat and the, you know, the lid and the seat, and if the snake was curled up on the seat and you lift that thing up, then the snake would fall out. It would fall out of the, right, and then into the water. And, well, I think snakes swim, so I think that they'd be okay. That would be terrifying. I mean, it's terrifying regardless. She says, thank God the lid was closed. All right, so now I have questions. How did the snake get inside the toilet if the lid was closed? Do, do snakes have toilet lid opening capabilities of which I am unaware? I, mean, I know, like, uh, raccoons, they got the thumbs, right? They got the thumbs. Do snakes have thumbs now? Have they evolved? It seems like that would be the headline. Like, to me, that's the headline. Snakes are able to get under your toilet lids. Because the first thing I thought was, oh, she probably left the lid up. No, she did not. She called a handler from a company called Rattlesnake Solutions, uh, which, by the way, they also do other snakes besides rattlesnakes. So I feel like it's a bit of misleading advertising, but I digress. Uh, This was a coach whip snake. And he got it. He videotaped it. It went viral. Uh, it's a it's a kind of pretty snake. It's black and has like pink on it. Um, the handler later released the snake, which measured between three and four feet. Brian Hughes, the owner of Rattlesnake Rattlesnake Solutions, rather, said that it was not the first time his staff have seen a coach whip snake in a home. However, it is rare to find reptiles in residences. It is non venomous, but she says she's not taking any chances. After her reptile run in. She says she used her guest bathroom for three weeks before feeling comfortable enough to go back into her own. And she no longer enters the bathroom in the dark and always lifts the lid ever so slowly. I think I will do that as well from now on. I think I'm going to, I'm just very slowly, or you know what, I'll just leave it open all the time. Sorry, honey, I cannot put that down. Can't put the lid down, can't put the seat down anymore. It's for our own protection. There could be a snake in there. Leave the lid up. Sorry, ladies. Leave the lid and the seats up. Save some tushes. Two six packs of shiner. 99 cent butane lighter. Lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler. Take a gas at all to do her. I can feel a good one coming on. Can 
So what would you rather have, a snake in the toilet or a frog in your spinach? Because that's what a woman in suburban Detroit found. She picked up some spinach from the grocery store and found a live frog in it. In a ragtop Mustang, followed us down to the lake and didn't have to think about that too long. Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight, situation couldn't be more right. I can feel a good one coming on Warwick of Southfield, Michigan, said she immediately returned the package of spinach and the frog to the store. Workers there released the frog and gave her a refund. Of course, a spokesperson with the Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development said that the store should not have released the frog because they don't know whether it's native to the state. Right, I mean, because it had like Tennessee bumper stickers and stuff. It was just, look, at least you knew the spinach was fresh. It was still alive. It had died otherwise, right? All right, I'll see you Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone.